The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hey, kids, let's travel the world together. She can make it easy and in any kind of weather. No TSA, no bad checks, no patting down. She's talking from the skies and sending lots of feel-good sounds. Oh, Betty, in the sky, have you heard her yet? She loves traveling, there's no doubt. Betty and the Jets. Oh, she's weird and wonderful. Oh, Betty, she's a podcast queen. She's wearing high heel shoes, got her wings on too. You know I never seen a better stew. Oh, Hello, and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline, and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants and the pilots, and from traveling around the world. In this episode, we have uh, some strange peeing habits on the airplane, uh, some parents drugging their children, a famous woman, a St. Martin update, and some bruised private parts. Let's get on with the show. Oh, this girl was telling me this story, and I I was laughing so hard, and I was relating so much, because I commute, right? And, uh, you know, as a flight attendant or pilot, when you're commuting, catching that flight is really important, because it makes the, you know, it means, you know, spending an extra two, three, four hours at the airport after you've just, you know, flown in from Europe, you know, you really want to make that flight. And lots of times, it happens to me all the time. I'm looking for an impossible flight. I call it my wish list because you have to list like activate. And I, I, I list even though it's highly unlikely I'm going to make it. But you know, sometimes you can be early. So you don't want to not list in case you can make it. So uh, sometimes I make my wish list and sometimes I don't. And this girl was telling me, my, my uh, commute, uh, we have like eight flights, sometimes 10 flights a day. So if I don't make it, you're talking an extra two or three hours at the airport, which is bad. But this girl, uh, they only have like three flights a day. So she's talking six hours at the airport if she doesn't make that flight. So, you know, she is super highly motivated to make that flight. As you can understand, nobody wants to stay at the airport for another six hours. So she said uh, she she was she got off the flight. She's running through customs and immigration. Man, I sprint through there like in heels. I go through there so fast. It's like maybe your head spin. <laughs> but um, she said she made it through there and, you know, she'd gotten on the, the train and all of a sudden her stomach was like, like she said she had to go number two. She had to go. And she was thinking, oh, no. Oh, no. If I stop, I stop. I can't make my flight. If I stop, I can't make my flight. You know, another six hours. But she was her stomach was she was thinking, oh, I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I, it's also I can understand. It, and I don't know 
how often you're off time zones, but there can be times where you really have to go. Like, I don't know, your body just is confused. <laughs> Not if you're like on a normal schedule, your body doesn't get that confused. But you know, time zones and everything. She said she had to go. And she she's sprinting, you know, she's going up the escalator thinking, should I stop? Should I stop? Oh, no. Oh, no. And then she was thinking, I'm not going to make it. You know, I, I, what if I poop my pants? You know, if I make the flight, then that'd be like super embarrassing. So she said she stops. She's like going so fast. You know, she's like, hurry, hurry, hurry. And she gets to the plane. And this is what happens to me all the time is they can close the flight 10 minutes early. And they want to do that to be, make get a better on-time performance. So if everybody's on board, especially all the confirmed, not standby, not employees, not non-paying passengers, you close the flight out. So I, this happens to me all the time. It can be like heartbreaking because you get there. I'm still 10 minutes early, but the flight's closed. And nine times or almost 10 times out of 10, uh, the gate agent has no sympathy for you. <laughs> you know, like you, there's no talking them out of it. The flight's closed. So she runs up, you know, she's like, she's like uh, sweating. She's like all discombobulated. And she's like, oh, I made it. I made it. And the agent was like, um, the flight's closed. And she was like, no, no. She's like, I had to poo. I had to poo. <laughs> and the she told the agent she had to poop. She's like, I'm so sorry. I had to go. I had to go. <laughs> And the agent let her on the flight because she told her she had to poop. <laughs> I mean, they probably don't hear that, like, ever. <laughs> I was thinking to myself, even though I don't think I have the courage to do it, but, man, I could use that every time. You know, whenever I come up and it's 10 minutes later, I could say, oh, I, I was going to make it, but I had to poop. <laughs> you know, there have been so many technological changes now that it's really quite fascinating to me. There was this guy talking about his uh, young son, and he was saying that his first word wasn't mom or dad, but iPad. iPad was his first word. I mean, boy, have things changed. He also said, this was the funniest part, I thought. He also said that he, his mother lives in another country. So that would be the young son's grandmother. And they would always say, let's Skype grandma. Oh, come on, let's go Skype grandma. Let's, let's get grandma on Skype. So the kids started calling the grandma, Grandma Skype. <laughs> That's her name, Grandma Skype. This was a, a rather... Um, serious story. And I've actually now heard this more than once. It's actually kind of a new problem. Uh, you know, we've had the ambient and uh, alcohol combination problem forever now, you know, with people taking their clothes off, people peeing when they're supposed to, people climbing into seats with strangers, like sometimes of the same sex, you know, <laughs> all kinds of problems with the ambient. Uh, but now the problem is parents giving the children ambient. And, you know, that's just downright dangerous. I mean, this recently on a flight to Barcelona, this flight attendant was telling me that the um, the mother wanted the little girl to sleep so they could hit the ground running. You know, I've heard that lots of times, but, you know, that's really not that important to risk your kid's health by giving them, you know, a serious medication. You don't know how it's going to affect the kid. And the kid started swearing and hitting the mother. And uh, the, it was a girl. She was like 12 years old. She was like foaming at the mouth. They said it was like she was like possessed, like an exorcist, everything except for, you know, the head spinning around bit. <laughs> but and then there was a younger daughter and the younger daughter kept um, saying things like, I'm going to tell dad. And I saw because the mother was denying that they gave the 12 year old anything but the younger the younger kids are very honest and the younger daughter kept ratting her out going you gave her i saw her you give her she gave her something she's gonna die uh eventually the daughter threw up they had to page doctor but you know 
yeah, you want your kids to get a good night's sleep, but uh, man, believe me, she got the exact opposite of a good night's sleep because, you know, the whole cabin was staring at her as their daughter was, you know, possessed with ambient. Yeah, just uh, a little lady came to the back of the plane and she um, said something to the other flight attendant and talked to her and she goes, really? And she goes, okay. And she looked at me and she said, she's going to the restroom with the door open. And it was a little lady from India. And um, I said, all right. So she just... <laughs> all right. <laughs> she sat with the door wide open and sat on the pot for a while and she just smiled really big and happy like she was fine. And we were like, okay. Do you know why she wanted to... I don't know. That's what we were wondering if it was something she's used to that, from she's from. I don't know if it was because from India. I really honestly don't know. What? It was weird, and no one came back, but it was just... It was just... Yeah. I had never had that. Yeah. We're always surprised when it's new. I thought you were going to say that it was the squatting, you know, when they get up on top of the toilet oh and squat, which would be worse to see, you know, with the door yeah. open. Yeah. <laughs> you see footprints, yeah. Oh, gross. <laughs> This is a weird thing. It seems like passengers, when they look at us, they see a trash receptacle. (laughs) I mean, it's weird. That's what they think of us as, you know. (laughs) They're constantly trying to hand you trash, which is fine. And we say, I say, thank you for trash. I do over and over 300 times. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. But when I don't say thank you is (laughs) I was... I was going uh, to crew rest and I had a a purse, like a large purse with handles on it because I like to take my book in case I can't sleep. I like to have a uh, bottle of water, Um, you know, I like to have a few things down there or up there wherever the crew rest is. So I'm heading to crew rest with my purse and I'm walking by a passenger and he has a glass, you know, a, a trash finished with his plastic glass and he tries to throw it in my purse in my purse now I'm not saying thank you to that I'm like hey 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 that's my purse and he's like huh (laughs) just because when they look at us they see a trash can I'm so far away had to see my baby I've been sort of considering a trip to the Arabian Peninsula specifically Oman I saw something on Uh, television about the Silk Road. It looked interesting. Uh, But I was then talking about it with some other flight attendants, and I brought up a story that I had forgot. It's interesting sometimes how really some things happen, or you're on a trip where so many things happen, that uh, some of the things that would have been a story, you forget about. And uh, it took me a while to really understand this story, even though I was there. (laughs) I was in Morocco with my friend, Christy, and uh, I believe it was Ramadan. It's been a long time since I was there, but if it wasn't, it was still a place where sometimes alcohol can be scarce and uh, not very available and, um, you know, frowned upon, (laughs) those types of things. But uh, we, it happened to us numerous times. We'd be in a restaurant. I think we were in Where's Azette and, you know, sort of out of the way. And uh, we were at a restaurant and the waiter said to us, uh, wine? And we're thinking, oh, you know, we haven't been able to get that. Yes, yes, wine, wine, yes. And then they never bring wine. (laughs) It took us a few times. It happened somewhere else where they're like, "Uh, wine? We're like, 
yes, 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 wine. You know, nice surprise. Maybe we could have a glass of wine. And what they were really doing is they were asking us if we had wine because they wanted it. Like, there's probably no other place in the world where the waiter is asking you for a drink. <laughs> This next story was sent to me by a listener named Franklin from Atlanta. Thank you so much, Franklin. He sent me this great story. Uh, It was originally aired on The Story, which can be found at thestory.org. It's Dick Gordon interviewing a flight attendant named Karen Brandt, uh, talking to her about her experience with Judy Garland. This story comes from Karen Brandt in Chicago. Back in the early 60s, Karen was a flight attendant on TWA's run between Las Vegas and New York. The plane made one stop in Chicago. Karen flew this route regularly. She was used to dealing with celebrities. Late, late one night, Karen was warned that Judy Garland would be boarding in Vegas. She was flying to New York with her hairdresser. As it turned out, the two would have the whole first-class cabin to themselves, and Karen was to be their attendant. Before they boarded, though, Karen was given some very clear instructions. Do not speak to her. Mm. Capital letters. Seriously? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Do not speak to her. But I mean, you'd, have a, you'd have a little bit of business as a flight attendant. You know, do up your seatbelt. Can I get you a glass of water? Exactly. This sort of stuff. But you were going to be Ex- allowed to do that, though, weren't you, Karen? Yeah, so yeah. You, yes, you're going to be allowed to do your job, but you certainly weren't allowed to speak to her (laughs) and I was flying cabin so I had to talk to her you know and she came on well very quietly her hairdresser was more self-important frankly (laughs) and reminded me that I could not talk to her and uh, they sat down in a way it was sort of alarming because they got on with a shopping bag which I realized was full of white wine bottles And after we got airborne, they asked for, he asked for it, she didn't ask for anything at that point, he asked for a water glass filled with ice, and I should just keep the ice filled. And so I brought that, and they uncorked the bottles, and uh, or a bottle, and she filled it up, filled up the water glass. Was she drinking and, a lot of wine? Well, she drank through the whole flight, yeah. Wow. Smiled at me. And we got into Chicago. We are getting ready to come into Chicago. So, of course, you have to take the trays, you know, batten right. down the hatches, et cetera. But at that point, she was, you know, she was looking at me. You know, I, w- I was a person at that point, you know. And when we landed, back then, when you landed, there was a ground crew that got on and actually cleaned the airplane. Wonder of wonders. They actually cleaned the airplane. <laughs> um, You're making me nostalgic. I know. It makes me nostalgic to talk about it. Yes. Okay. So, um... She got up and she said to me, I'd like to, I want to change my clothes. She, she was dressed and she wanted to get undressed and she said to me, I want to put on this bathrobe. So I said, okay, I'll go and try to, you know, route the ground crew out of the washroom. And I couldn't get them moving fast enough. And um, she wanted to change right then. So I said, well, you know, I'll I'll do the best thing. She said, no, no, no. You just stand here in the aisle and stand in front of me, and I'll change my clothes here. You just stand in front of me. It'll be okay. And I was, I said, no, no. I, You know, I can't do that. Wait, I'll get them out of there. I'll get them out of there, you know. And she's like, no, no, you don't have to. I'm going to change right here. It'll be okay. You won't see anything. And now we were interacting like two 
girls that were sort of giggling, you know. So now I'm beginning to giggle, and she's, I'm saying, no, no, you can't. She said, yes, I will bet you that I can change right in front of you. You are two inches away from me. I will change right in front of you, and you won't see anything, not any skin. I said, you can't do that. And she said, I was born backstage in a theater. I can do it. I bet you. So now we were we were buds. I was going to say, in you bonded, thing. yeah. We bonded, too. I said, okay, but I don't think you're going to be able to do it. You know, I'm looking over my shoulder and looking over her shoulder, you know, people behind her, because, again, it's station stop and it's ground crew, and they're walking through, you know. So um, she put this caftan on. It had a long zipper in the front. She put it on. But she didn't put her arms in the sleeves. Well, duh. You know, it didn't ever occur to me. I'd never seen anybody do that. So it's like she's draped a small tent over herself, yes. and she's just changing underneath it. How clever. Yeah. <laughs> How clever. She's probably done it a dozen times on um, movie sets with hundreds totally, of people around, right? Totally. So she puts this thing on, and she starts taking off her clothes. And, of course, you get it the minute you see it. Yeah. You know, you know. oh, I've lost this bet, you know. <laughs> well, well, what's he, happening to the hairdresser at this point? Because he, he was, was supposed to be he, guarding her, right? He was putting pins in my doll. <laughs> oh, shooting daggers at you, was he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was not a happy camper. And I don't think... Other than to get on the airplane to tell me, do not talk to her. I don't think he ever said another word. Or let me say that the world had, my world had narrowed. <laughs> I closed him out. <laughs> <laughs> I was in love. You know, I mean, I, I couldn't have focused on anybody else. It was a good thing there was no one else in first class because I couldn't have focused on them anyway. Okay, so tell me, though. I mean, I've always had a crush on Judy Garland. I find her gorgeous. I love the way that she presents mm-hmm. herself. Are you telling mm-hmm. me that this moment in the first-class cabin of this TWA flight, you were actually experiencing that charm one-on-one yourself? Yes, absolutely. She was everything that you you see on the stage except just one person to one person. Wow. I don't know if I'm expressing that very well. She, she, She was just somebody you wanted to be friends with. Karen Brandt was a flight attendant in the early 60s. She met Judy Garland on an overnight flight from Las Vegas to New York. The plane made a stop in Chicago, and it was dawn when they were ready to take off for New York. She said to me, you know, will you sit with me for takeoff? Can you sit with me for takeoff? And I said, sure, you know, because we're taxiing out. So she got up, climbed over the hairdryer. He didn't make her climb over, but she got up, and we moved across the aisle, and she sat at the window seat, and I sat in the aisle seat. And now the sun is coming up. And, okay, this was like, oh, my God. She held my hand. She held my hand, like, between her two hands. And she's looking out the window, and she's in this bathrobe. And no, you know, no Judy Garland glamour thing going on. And we're taking off. And she looks at me, and she said, you are so lucky. And I was like, I am, you know. You're Judy Garland and I'm lucky. Right, exactly. So I said, I am. And she said, she said, you get to see this all the time. How fortunate you are. Oh, she's talking about the sunrise. Yes, yes. She's talking, she's, look how beautiful it is. The sun is coming up and you could see the lake, you know, and all that. And she was telling me how fortunate I was to be able to do that a lot. I mean, it, it. I couldn't say anything to that except agree with her, of course. <laughs> that was true, you know. But it was quite a moment, quite a moment. Was she right when you think about mm-hmm. it? I mean, here's this woman mm-hmm. who we know now had such a, a tough life being 
basically knocked around by everyone who wanted a little piece of her. And here she is, all by herself with you on an airplane. And she says you're lucky. Yeah. Was she right? Exactly. Yes, I think so. Especially as I got older through the years, one thinks about these things. And I wondered if there wasn't some longing in her to be just a person on an airplane enjoying a sunrise. And I saw me as being the fortunate one, too, to be quite honest, even though I was young and not very experienced. Well, think about it, though, Karen. She's the one who needed a water glass full of wine to make it through an airplane flight at that point. Totally. What happened at the end of the flight? She she went back and sat with the hairdresser. The evil hairdresser. The evil hairdresser. Yeah, that's how I remember him, too, (laughs) poor guy. But um, he began doing her hair, and then she did need to change again into clothes and put makeup on and all that kind of stuff it gradually started becoming judy garland you know but so this becoming did. judy garland again this was like putting on the armor oh, squaring yeah. the shoulders here i go back to my land of flash bulbs and and adoring fans quite literally quite literally and when we landed as the jetway is in, put in place the person on the jetway bangs you know a couple of times on the door to yeah. let you know that it's time to open it. And I started to open the door, and she said, wait a minute. And so I did, and, and she said, how do I look? And she asked she, you. Yeah. Nice. How do I look? And she was adjusting the fur coat on her shoulders, you know. And she seemed to grow, like, taller and bigger. And I said, you look beautiful. And she said, give me a minute. And I did. And she said, okay, I'm ready for him. Open the door. And... I said, okay. And I opened the door, and she thanked me and said goodbye, and I got weepy and wanted to chase her, I have to admit. And, you know, she stepped off that airplane, and she was walking on a stage. I'm always chasing rainbows Watching My schemes are just like all my dreams Ending in the sky So this was a weird one. I I don't know if the lady just wasn't very bright. It's always hard to tell if they're not very bright. Or maybe I was wondering, she was acting oddly, and I thought maybe she's taking a sleeping pill. You know, sometimes it's hard to tell because, you know, you don't know the people. You don't know their background. You don't know if, you know, they just always act that way or whatever. Anyway, I was handing out bottles of water. We do that after the meal service now. And it's a really nice thing that we've started because, you know, most of the passengers really want a bottle of water because, you know, they might take a nap. They might be thirsty. Just kind of like they're less stressed because they're not worried about being dehydrated. So in general, everybody likes it. So I'm handing out the bottles of water. I'm like, water, water. And I'm handing it to this woman. And she's looking at me like I'm handing her something bad, you know. And I'm like, oh, no, you know, it's just a bottle of water. And she's looking at me weird. <laughs> and uh, and she's like, no, no. And I was like, okay, because I'm thinking, I don't care if you don't have a bottle of water. <laughs> it's all right. And then she's like, I'm not, I'm not thirsty now. And I was like, okay, you know, that's fine. And she's like, oh, wait, wait, wait. As I was going by, you know, the next row, because she said I didn't want one. She goes, you know, do I have to open it now or can I open it later? And I'm thinking, 
you can open it anytime you want. That's the whole point of a bottle of water. I didn't say that. <laughs> but I'm like, no, 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 you can open it anytime you want. And there was a part of me that wanted to almost be a little bad and say like, uh, why don't you ring your call bell and let me know when you decide to open it? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> it was a lot of drama over just handing her a bottle of water. So quite a few listeners have been writing me saying they don't see the Amazon ads on my website. And usually what the case is, is they're looking at my old website that just has the podcast episodes. Uh, I made a new website. It's at BettyInTheSky.com. It's also at BettyInTheSky.net. Either one will take you to the new website. And then there's, you know, a you can connect to the old website page. But the new website, BettyInTheSky.com, has correct uh, Amazon links uh, usually, I really do need to fix up the website. I just have a lot of things going on. Uh, but sometimes it's a browser issue also. But I also, regardless, want to thank anybody who went to my website, BettyTheSky.com. Click through the Amazon links. It doesn't cost you any more. It supports the show. This past month, uh, somebody bought uh, Paris Hilton Tees perfume. I didn't even know she had a perfume. Uh, an Apple iPhone 5 and a pumpkin pie with cream artificial fake pie. I wonder what you need a fake pie for. <laughs> anyway, I would also like to thank Claire from Australia uh, for her very generous donation via the PayPal button. That's always so nice. So thanks so much. If you're going to be buying something on Amazon, maybe you're starting your your holiday shopping, please consider going to my website, bettingthesky.com. Helps the show. And thank you so, so very much. I'm on a I thought I'd give you a quick update because at the end of the last podcast, I was saying I was heading back to St. Martin um, to meet uh, up with my new friend, Mike. And uh, we actually went to Anguilla, which is another island. We took a ferry from St. Martin. And oh my gosh, is it beautiful there? I mean, oh, so such a pretty island. And uh, Mike has this larger than life personality. He's like the life of the party, the energy in every room. It's a little surprising in that I'm the quiet one. (laughs) It's unusual, really. (laughs) Um, But, you know, he has so much energy. And uh, I might be the only one who uh, doesn't really want a trip to go uh, completely uh, smooth sailing because, you know, it's not as good a story for the podcast because, you know, really, if I say everything was great, we got along really well, (laughs) it's really pretty, the water was beautiful, Uh, we had great food, we had like lionfish ceviche, I don't know, it's like, um, it's not quite the same podcast story is if there's some crazy weird thing. (laughs) But anyway, we had a great time. Okay, so have you had some any wacky things happen? We had a passenger walk out of the bathroom, a female passenger walk out of the bathroom one day, and she asked for some salve. Some salve? Salve. Because she bruised her vagina in the bathroom. How did she do that? But when we asked her, she said she bruised her vagina on our toilet paper. Oh, she thought it was rough. I guess so. So the bee went up front, and out of one of the ornamentity kits, got her a chapstick. A chapstick for her uh, private parts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
This flight attendant was telling me that she was on a flight from the New York to the Bahamas, and uh, there was a, a couple in first class, and they didn't get their choice of, uh, it was probably um, chicken or pasta, and uh, they were so mad that they were insisting that the plane stopped so they could get off the plane because they didn't get the chicken. <laughs> and the flight attendant, they were so serious that the flight attendant had to call the captain and say, there is the people in first class that want the plane to land so they can get off because they're so mad they didn't get their first choice of entree. <laughs> and the pilot was like, well, you can tell them that we will land the plane if they insist, but they will also be met by uh, the police. <laughs> And they can then, you know, they can then complain to the police that they didn't get the chicken. <laughs> so the passengers decided to go on to the Bahamas. Boy, this past month, I got a lot of nice things in my email box. Uh, a listener and a artist and a blogger named Louise Norman, she drew a picture, an illustration of uh, Betty in the Sky with the suitcase. It is so darn cute. It's got, you know, a girl in a pillbox hat. There's a lemur and a recorder and a microphone, a beverage cart, even uh, Stephen Slater and the two beers going down the slide, some vodka for cleaning, and of course, a uh, suitcase. And thanks, Louise. That just uh, really made my day. Uh, Her blog can be found at louisenorman.blogspot.co.uk. And another thing, gosh, there's so many nice things. It's like little gifts come in the computer. And uh, NPR, I just get excited getting emails from NPR. (laughs) And it's a they're uh, earbud.fm. It's a podcast discovery tool. And uh, my show is featured basically uh, their podcasts that are handpicked by a listener, celebrity or radio podcast professional and Rich Preston from the BBC and NPR. Uh, love that guy. <laughs> he uh, he nominated uh, my show. Uh, long story short. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. That was fantastic. ever noticed that dogs seem to like thrive when they have a job? I mean, dogs, they really seem to uh, never be happier than when they are actually performing a function. And I I noticed this in like um, actual, not not the bogus emotional support dogs when they're not really, you know... (laughs) Who knows what their actual, you know, job is. But I mean, dogs that actually have a job when you have like a seeing eye dog or uh, the ones I notice a lot because I I go through customs and immigration a lot and they have those, you know, drug sniffing dogs. Uh, And those dogs always have this giant smile on their face and they're just going from bag to bag doing their job. And I just really feel like, you know, they just really love working. (laughs) Dogs like a job. Well, the other was a non-rep from Russia who didn't get her meal choice. She wanted fish, and she got very upset because she didn't get her meal choice. Well, the gentleman next to her had fish. Well, I walk back, and there she is reaching over, eating fish off his plate. And she didn't know him? No. He was oh a full fare. Yeah, that's wacky. It was so weird. He was laughing. <laughs> you know, he was... He's like, what's happening here? This one was so interesting that there was a guy passenger standing in the galley didn't want to sit. You know, sometimes you have those people that would just stand back there the whole time, which is fine with me. Um, You know, they could have a heavy set person sitting next to them. You know, there it could be any number of reasons. I don't care if they stand there. But uh, he was standing there and even his eyes bugged out when uh, 
this man came back. I don't know, he's in his 50s and um, could have been 60s, hard to tell. And uh, he didn't speak very good English, but he, uh, he, he was asking us for scissors or a knife. And that's always, you know, we pause a little when people want that. And then he started uh, taking his pants off. Even that guy... <laughs> It was like a 26-year-old guy. His eyes, he's looking like, what is he doing? Why is he taking his pants off? And we're looking at him thinking, why are you taking your pants off? What do you need scissors for? <laughs> like, There were a bunch of straps under his pants. And I was starting to get worried because I've heard, I've heard two stories, two different accounts where someone has wanted to make like a catheter and they've asked for like a knife and a swizzle stick and, and, a, and a cup. And I was afraid it was going to be something like ultra personal like that. So when he asked for scissors and then he started undoing his pants and there were all these like, it was like flesh colored and there was a bunch of straps and both me and the other politicians were like, ah! <laughs> but really what he wanted was he had actually was slightly uh, interesting looking way of strapping your passport under your pants and the zipper had broken and he really just wanted to get it open to get his passport out. But I'll tell you, when you drop your pants in the galley and ask for scissors, <laughs> you're going to get some looks. So a lot of you know I take a big trip every November, and uh, it's November, and I'm still in the in the planning stages, even though I'm leaving probably in uh, about a week. Um, at the moment, I think I'm going to the South Pacific. <laughs> it's changed a bunch of times, but I think I'm going to the South Pacific, uh, Rarotonga, you know, the Cook Islands. Uh, looks adventurous and pretty and uh, so removed. I really do like to go to those places that uh, very few people get a chance to go to. So uh, I'll let you know next month if I go and how it was. But at the moment, I'm thinking uh, Rarotonga, here I come. Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel around the world together. Thanks. Bye. At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.